Mere moments ago, President Trump announced that he's putting Vice President Mike Pence in charge of the administration's policy on the coronavirus, which is great news to anyone who has contracted the virus in Wuhan province, China, because it means it's more treatable than we all thought. You can apparently pray the disease away or maybe enroll in one of those virus conversion camps. Mike Pence says that it's not enough for the GOP to win the next election. They have to win the next generation. He then urged young people to follow his sweet square dance videos on TikTok. I already do. (laughs) Bernie Sanders has received tremendous criticism for comments he made supporting late Cuban dictator Fidel Castro. You know, it's not so much that Bernie loves Castro. It's that he hates having a campaign in Florida. When Bernie tries to defend the support of Castro, he's quick to point out the literacy program that Castro started in Cuba, which is not unprecedented when you consider that Idi Amin ran a tremendous after-school chess club and you have not lived until you've heard Pol Pot's Pandora playlist. At a royal engagement in Edinburgh, Scotland, Prince Harry asked to be introduced as just Harry. Well, actually, he was he asked to be introduced as H-Town, and they were like, uh, yeah, you know what, we're going to call you Harry. I would like to be called C-Note from here on in. It's hard to isolate which candidate had the strongest performance at last night's Democratic candidates debate in South Carolina, but it was clearly a huge night for someone who never expected to be mentioned during a national debate. The Naked Cowboy, who, as it turns out, is now polling higher than Bloomberg. (laughs) Hillary Clinton says that she will support whoever the Democratic nominee is. Especially if that nominee is someone who needs a running mate and happens to have a problem with falling downstairs. I knew you'd come around. And finally, (laughs) during last night's debate, Joe Biden won after Tom Steyer, going so far as to give him the nickname Tommy Come Lately. I don't want to say that Biden's lost focus, but I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow his campaign released a new attack ad against Joe Biden. The Trump part starts now. <laughs> I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Yes, welcome to the Trump Report, the not-so-super-Tuesday edition, where we recap last night's debate in South Carolina. I'm Christian Blatt, joined by Tamara Brown. Hello. And at the the uh, intellectual end of the desk, which is the opposite <laughs> of this end of the desk. Tamara, you're right in the middle. But, uh, of course, fair. Mr. Scott Moore. Hey, it's That's good to be fair. here. Uh, good to be here, as always. Yes. The table is a spectrum. Yeah. Just that, like everything else. You've always yes. got 270 electoral votes in my book, Scott. <laughs> uh, so there was a debate last night, and uh, I think there's a few things you can compare it to. The, uh, I think the first thing that I started going, seeing going around that it was a lot like a, a Jerry Springer show and that it didn't have a lot of control. I thought it was a bit more like Maury. Uh, you know, people mm-hmm. were celebrating when they found out, you know, whether or not they were the father. And there there seemed to be a bit of crying. But, uh, Tamara, I'll ask you first. What did you think of last night's debate? Um, I think it is a waste of time. Where The needle is just really not moving, I don't think, for anybody. Are these debates making any bit of progress? I don't think that's happening. Well, you didn't enjoy the last one. You said it made you very uncomfortable. I didn't enjoy the last one. Um, this one, too, There maybe there wasn't as many uncomfortable moments, but there were just enough to make me... The, the, yeah, I mean, there cringe. were... There was the, a couple cringe There were a couple moments. cringeworthy moments, which we'll go into. Scott, what did you think on the whole about last um, night's I, I enjoyed the debate in Vegas last week sure. more than this one. Um, I did think it was disjointed, and I also thought that the moderators were terrible, and... <laughs> 
And there were a lot of issues just in the structure and the setup of that. Yeah, you you would think that uh, we were talking before we started that you know you you would think that the debate was run by the people who do the least watched network morning show and television, and there they were. Yeah, they were Gail King and yeah. Laura O'Donnell, uh, who it was just more of like. No, you go ahead. What do you want to say? Yeah. What, was, what do you want to say? And the the whole, you know, everything was like, all right, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but you get to respond to you, and then you get to respond to you. And Tom Steyer kept uh, flapping his arms up and down. Um, I, I, I don't quite know why he's there, especially because if you notice, they did turn his mic off at one point. They didn't turn off anybody else's. I know. That was, that was I, I almost odd. think like when you speak to someone mm-hmm. and you ask them a question, turn off everybody else's mic. Right. You know? Uh, there was but, a lot of over-talking there last night, but... I think the going to what you're saying, Tamara, is they're they're they were so close to each other these two debates, and I get you know you want to be fair in the sense that Nevada was voting last week and this week is South Carolina, but they were less than a week apart, and now you're kind of like, okay, what are we really getting out of these debates? Because like anything else in life, some people are going to have better days than other people, and that's what we saw here. Like last week, some people were stronger in the debate. Than this week, you know, but at the end of the day, I think most of the people are are pretty much lined behind who they're going to be. And really, it's going to come down to the voting now, because once the voting comes out and the delegates start going and then you start to see who's going to have the momentum or what George H.W. Bush used to say, the mo, (laughs) that's where you're going to start seeing some of these people dropping out or coalescing behind other candidates. But you're not going to really see any changes in the debates to really move the needle that much, as you were saying. Yeah, there's a there's a corner of last night's stage that everything is pinned on uh, Super Tuesday. And Mm -hmm. uh, if if they don't finish strong i'm talking about obviously klobuchar and steyer uh i don't even know when the next debate is i just hope it's not soon uh a lot this month march 15th yeah Yeah, see that's too that's too soon but at least it's better than you know it's not they're gonna try to squeeze another debate in on monday night you know it's like okay we've had enough debates uh yeah i mean i think that uh it's getting to be like american idol there's just like three a week now (laughs) no it's american idol and they can vote someone off it's american idol with seven sanjayas (laughs) uh so yeah i think that it's uh i i yeah i think it, it was a little bit hard to follow uh, and it, it, was, it was just a lot of noise. Everybody had to get in with but their I get, one-liners. Well, I'll mm-hmm. get why Gail King was – the moderators were because I don't know. I guess this is probably insulting to South Carolina. But, like, I don't see them responding to a Lester Holt. Like, they want the more folksy uh, um, morning talk show that's that's who that state well then they should have had kelly and ryan i think they would have done a better job <laughs> yeah i suppose know. so uh or uh what's well, not hoda and kathy lee anymore but hoda and uh, jenna bush, jenna bush. Yes. oh of course I, I, she would have been yeah, yeah. Been great look they yeah. had wine you know yeah. maybe everybody yeah. had wine that could have no. been that could have been a much I think better jenna bush is pregnant all right so. so maybe maybe she's just uh, <laughs> which would have went over even yeah. better yeah uh, yeah, I thought that uh, – yeah, I mean – and I, it was infuriating because later better moderators came, especially Major Garrett who's been around for yes. a really long time. And he was given the chump's job of reading Twitter questions. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so the – you know, the the guy with the most experience is the guy reading the Twitter, mm-hmm. Twitter questions. Uh, I, I know that Gail King does their morning show, but I, I remember she was supposed to, you know, take over Oprah's Empire at one point, and she had a syndicated show. This is mm-hmm. like twenty years ago, and I think that she's like, you know, done that that format for a long time. Uh, I, I don't know. I just uh, I think from and look, there have been some bad. I mean, remember when we think far enough back, there was the one where microphones that were mm-hmm. were not supposed to be on were on. This was worse than that. 
that was like, oh, it's a technical problem. This is this is just an inability to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, the the moderators were not. Uh, sorry, it's not the the candidates were not particularly well uh, behaved, or no. as uh, Bloomberg called them, contestants. Uh, they were not very well behaved, and uh, I think for a few of them, it's like this is really my last chance, and you, that includes Joe Biden, who you know he's still polling ahead in South Carolina by but by a lot less than he was, mm-hmm. and I think if he doesn't win South Carolina, it's like what are you still doing? Yeah. You know, um, I, I was thinking, though, it was so odd that he went after Tom Steyer. Uh, of, like, all the people on the stage, it was like, do you because just think you're going to get his, like, 0.08% Because of the he vote? was polling third in South Carolina, right? I mean, he was, he yeah, was, no, he was Biden's direct competition. Yeah, and I mean, I guess uh, Tommy Come Lately, uh, <laughs> it, it, can, it can buy you some votes, you know? Uh, that was one of the things that people were saying about the uh, the the crowd at this debate, they were never scolded for applauding, which are usually. T- I mm-hmm. mean, they're very specific mm-hmm. in the presidential right. ones. Yes. That, you know that you can't do that. You heard booing. There was mm-hmm. a lot of booing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. Uh, you know, there, it was directed at everybody, but it was also like, uh, look, Elizabeth Warren uh, really decided that. You know, last week she did so well. Uh, yeah. You know, got some great rib kicks in on Bloomberg, who uh, did not handle it well i it was almost like this week they were like yeah okay that's your thing we got it you don't like him uh and he was better prepared than last week but that's not really saying much i was gonna say there wasn't much for him to do but go imagine if he'd been week. worse than last week <laughs> you know and then somebody told he'd him he'd like, still be in it even if he was he's still, of course he's, he's still, still in it of course we were just talking about how much bloomberg mailing we get mm-hmm. and it, every day i get something new from him yeah i mean if he wants to tape yeah. a billion dollars to it uh, i'll vote for him for everything well, yeah. I mentioned, i'll just write it for everything <laughs> i mentioned right. the commercial that's circulating of, oh yeah uh, it looks like he's uh, it's as if uh obama is endorsing him because it takes a a, a snippet of a video clip from like 2013 of obama mm-hmm. saying some nice things about him as if well and we we talked about that last week is that a lot of people actually read into that thinking that obama had endorsed him and that's where it was misleading because mm. uh, oh, we did talk about yeah, that. And, yeah but it is fascinating because I kept thinking, do ads really work? Because in this day and age, you know, know. people fast forward, people aren't really, but apparently they still work because he's doing decently in the polls. And someone was saying to me, you know, why was Elizabeth Warren going after Bloomberg instead of Bernie? And I said, well, at this point, he's really a greater threat to her, you know, staying in the race because he's polling decently well. In a lot (laughs) of places, she's fallen to third or fourth and he's leapfrogged her. So... She's got to take out the person below her before she can go after yeah. the person above and, her. And, and, so, and also, so, Elizabeth Warren's looking at that VP. Sure. Well, and, yeah. and that's so too, she's, like not gonna, she's not going to really take down Bernie. And Bernie's I don't, I don't more know. in line with her than, yeah. than Bloomberg I mean, is for You know, you probably shouldn't have called him a liar on national television. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, I guess they both called each other yeah. liars, basically. But, uh, you know, you could probably smooth that over. Uh, just a couple comments from the chat. Uh, Mo Giant says that he's attended both Springer and Maury tapings in Stanford, and huh. both those hosts have more control than last night's moderators. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rajiv Dixon, times like this, I miss uh, Walter Cronkite, uh, Gwen Eiffel, Tim Russert, and Jim Lehrer. Uh, Rajiv, I how old are you, sir? Well, I miss, uh, I mean, Tim Russert was great. That. I mean, and Jim Lehrer yeah. did uh, most presidential debates. I mean, yeah. not. Mm-hmm. 
most presidential Walter elections. Cronkite? Yeah, I don't remember him. Do, <laughs> I, I can honestly say I don't remember him doing any, any debates. I but, don't either recently. Yeah. I mean, I mean but, I'm old. I mean, he's, but I'm, not I'm old too, old. but I'm not Cronkite I'm not Cronkite old. old. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, look, it's a good point. I mean, it, Well, it's, Gwen was always great too. And it's, you know, that is sad that because she was always on it and it was always great watching her with the debates as well. So, yeah, yeah. I do agree with that. Uh, let me. Uh, I mean, go what's ahead. Carson Daly doing? Is he host moderating the next <laughs> debate? Carson Daly. Uh, what's what's his name? Harvey on TMZ. Oh, Harvey Levin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's no, probably I mean, one he, of the moderators, he's, he's, I believe. Yeah. But he's covering more important news than this. I mean, That's true. he's busy. Know. Yeah. He's, he's very he busy. Have time. But uh, they tried. Yeah, they I tried wanted, to get him. I wanted to uh, take a moment and uh, get uh, some commentary from young Ryan in the booth, who I believe you said you oh, watched the debate last night. I watch them all, man. I, I, don't, I mean, uh, I know why we do it, uh, and uh, I don't, uh, there should be... There should be some kind of merit badge for like actually be. watching this all the way to the end. Yes. Uh, what are your, you know, just quickly, what were your uh, takeaways from uh, having watched last night's debate? Yeah, I mean, I try not to share my opinion on a lot of this stuff too often, but um, I do, I am pretty political and I do keep up. Uh, I watched this. I think the takeaway, are we asking like who I think won? Uh, you can say that. Just, think, uh, just some of your feelings about okay, quick the different ways. performances. Yeah, I think uh, obviously they didn't have any control. Once they lost control, uh, the candidates were just rapidly. Everyone was guilty of that, too. There was no sure. one who was fine or walked away clean from that. I thought everyone was interrupting each other. Joe Biden sounded like Clint Eastwood in, uh, in uh, <laughs> Grand Torino, just yelling at people to get <laughs> off his lawn. Uh, I felt like Tom. every time Tom Steyer or Klobuchar spoke, it just felt like someone, I was like, okay, I'm counting the seconds for them to stop talking because this is just not interesting. Uh, I think this was a sign of Pete Buttigieg is just he's flailing. I think he's he's panicking. He doesn't know what to do, and he would interrupt Bernie like every time he spoke, and you could tell all the people who prepped him were like, just interrupt him, just deny it all. And I think, and also Warren, she leaned back into criticizing Bloomberg because that worked so well for her last time that she just doubled down on it, and I think it had a similar effect. I think that there was no clear winner, but I think uh, if the the way technically. I would actually say Bernie or Warren won because they didn't lose. And I think it, that's a weird kind of logistic thing. But if you walk away not losing and you're already in the lead, that's a win in my book. Yeah, nobody had a disastrous night except for CBS News. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, none of the candidates did. Well, uh, the, the Castro thing wasn't great for Bernie. No, it's not great for him. Uh, and, you know, I, I did want to talk a little bit more about the audience. Uh, there you know, were some thoughts circulating online that uh, – uh, Bloomberg basically bought an audience, but uh, my understanding <laughs> is that they gave out, a, a, you know, each candidate got a certain number of tickets to the debate, and I think you, um, they were sort of free, but I believe you had to uh, donate very handsomely. Uh, to I actually the... know some stuff about this. All right, go ahead. Because I was really curious about yeah, that. I was, I was listening to a conversation about yeah. it earlier, but uh, go ahead. You're right. Each candidate does get an X amount mm-hmm. number of tickets for people are in their camp. However, if you just wanted to buy a ticket to go, it's anywhere between $1,500 and $3,200 to Which go in. Which is insane, by the way, because I, 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 went to, I went to a, a debate in 2008. It was, uh, it was uh, Obama, John Edwards, and Hillary. Mm-hmm. And it was free. 
Yeah. What are they charging for? Yeah. What are they charging for? Like, it's not like Ticketmaster has a hand in these debates. Like, I mean, what, what, is that, what is me. that fee going towards? Well, is there? Uh, I, I don't know. Is there? Is there a meet and greet? Do you get a? Do you get to get into the merch table yeah. first, I like know, a concert? Like, why would you want to even spend that kind of money yeah. when you could just watch well, on then, TV and fast forward? Do you get like an Oscar goodie bag with like Fenty products in it? Uh, and then I guess the, you know, look, the, yeah, so you could buy it for that amount, but also there are the, the tickets that were given away to the candidates. But mm-hmm. then you also have to wonder, it was like, you know, if, if I, if, look, if I work for Mike Bloomberg, I'd be like, you have unlimited funds. Right. You walk Go up and down them. that line, buy yep. those tickets from everybody. Yep. And like, how much did you pay for it? 500. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you like a thousand dollars right now to go watch it at mm-hmm. home? Uh, yeah, that, I'll do that. And look, here's a gift card to Chili's. You can go have dinner too. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I think, I think that's not impossible, yeah. but I also think it's not like, look, the, the crowd was surprisingly pro Bloomberg, but it was also, uh, anti a, a lot of other people. I don't think it was just, uh, you know, it was again, the, this raucous crowd that we shouldn't have had. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, can I throw one thing out yeah, there? Go ahead. I, I'll stop interrupting. I no, no, it's fine. Um, I mean, even if whether he bought tickets for people or not, the idea that you can afford to go to something like that for fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. or thirty two hundred dollars means Bloomberg's ideals are going to be benefiting you if you can afford to even do something like that. So whether or not he paid for it or not, yeah. it's people who would benefit yeah. from him being president that could even afford to do something like right. that. Well, that's, that's true. true, and that's in that true. case, yeah. like if that many pe- if people were supporting Bernie mm-hmm. in the audience, and they were of a higher uh, class of people, then I mean, that's even better for Bernie. Yeah. Uh, so it's. Uh, I mean, certainly it's interesting, but uh, to Scott's point, uh, Bernie is uh, Bernie doesn't apologize, mm-hmm. and uh, he should really think long and hard about uh, either walking back or outright apologizing for Castro. Disagree. Say, well, <laughs> uh, does he want any votes in Florida? Uh, because uh, you're, you're not going to get a lot of them. Uh, you're, you're certainly not going to win it. You're going to you're basically punting Florida by coming out in favor of. And let, let, look, I disagree this is, on that. Okay, this talk about that okay, but I mean, this is someone who is responsible for the murder of thousands of people. This is this is not you know this isn't like. Oh, you know, I really this isn't like coming out in favor of Kanye. You know, you're like, oh, he's a bit of a dick, but all right, sure. Uh, you know, it's re- it, it seems like it's not something that is, is gonna it's gonna go away. And by the way, uh, I, I I ruffled some feathers in the comments for last week's episode. This feeds right into the narrative. The the guy who honeymoons in the Soviet Union and also loves Fidel Castro. I mean. Do, does anybody even need to write the opposition research on Bernie Sanders as a communist? Because look, look who he's coming out in favor of. I know he does, says he doesn't like Putin, but yeah, he probably loved Gorbachev. I mean, he must have been happy to go there and visit him. Or was, I don't know if that was Khrushchev. I, I, don't, I don't know quite the timeline when he and Jane got married, but that's not the point. Uh, I think that uh, – I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, it, it, it's assuming that – People are more forgiving of uh, the, the like. Yeah, I made a joke about it, but this idea that oh, Castro had a literacy program, and when people booed him in the debate, he's like, "Oh, really? You guys don't like literacy?" No, we hate that he's a goddamn murderer. That's what we don't like. Anyway, Scott, you disagree, and I think Tamara disagrees yeah. too. But uh, Scott, uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you. Well, you tell me why you disagree. Well, I I and I had a little bit of a Twitter back and forth with some people. You know, with Ra- Castro, wow, <laughs> who's dead? And he's got, no, incredible. he's got great Wi-Fi. Uh, 
Uh, Julian, oh, yeah, Julian Castro got him. He's like, what? But, yeah. but So Bernie says he likes me. What's wrong exactly. with that? But, you know, growing up in Florida, I know <laughs> he was... It would be hilarious he, if it was all just a misunderstanding like, which oh, Castro... I meant Julian Castro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, well, two things, I think. One is Trump has proven that uh, you can basically say and do whatever you want, and you don't need to apologize. Okay, so that's since, absolutely true, by since, the way. Yep. Uh, Bernie is kind of taking that playbook as being the far left version of Trump. Yeah. Um, I think it plays right into that. So wh- why does he apologize? He tried to clarify. I agree. He didn't do a good job clarifying what he was saying yesterday. But two, I, I've had this discussion with people in Florida. It's not going to change much because Castro as the boogeyman is not the same as it was back in the 80s, back in the 90s. He has passed away. His brother's not even in power anymore. Younger Cubans have are more democratic leaning to begin with have never visited the island it's mainly their grandparents and people now that are dying off and the type of people that are hardcore against castro and that regime are not the same as in numbers as they were and you know i had some other people that brought up oh there's venezuelans now that are in florida and they're going to be upset about that i'm sure he likes hugo chavez too i know he's not around anymore but i'm sure that uh you know that that was uh, on his uh you know somebody whose reading list he was on but yeah but but my point is the fact that the numbers of the fervent anti-castro gop are just not there as they were 20 years ago and now you're having the next generation of Cubans and Cuban Americans that are more democratic leaning, they're not quite as uh, in that hard opposition and things like this are not going to matter. And Florida's going to be close no matter what. So it, it's, it's yes, you could say this. I had a lot of people like Rick Wilson, for instance, was like, Oh, Florida's gone. I'm like, no, not, a, not at all. Because the point is that Florida is very, very close. And between now and then who knows what, Trump could say what could happen, like what happened in 2012 with uh, uh, Superstorm Sandy. If a major hurricane comes in the week before and Trump does a great job of, you know, helping with the recovery, then you could see, okay, he gets the bounce and he gets the state or a lot of places, you know, a lot of areas in the state can't vote anymore or vice versa. He says something really bad and snide remark um, against NASCAR and forget it. I mean, it's just saying that Florida's gone because of that is is a little bit simplifying the situation. And I, I, I do not agree with what Bernie said, but for it to actually take Florida out of contention, I do not think that that's going to be an issue because Florida's going to be close no matter what happens. And it has been close since 92. Right, And I just do not see that a comment like this is going to have the same weight that it would have had 20 years ago. Well, I think far more problematic is the fact that uh, Bernie said he didn't like Pitbull. What do you think about that, Tamara? <laughs> no, what are your thoughts on uh, his comments about Castro and why you think they're not a big deal? Well, I, I just what Scott was saying about how uh, Trump is the proof that people want to hear a brash, non-apologetic opinion. And so that... I think that's what what the Democratic candidate, whoever it may be, that that is what they need to aim for, the non-apologetic. It would be nice if we had a society where, uh, like Klobuchar said last week, where you can apologize for your mistakes, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's going to fly anymore in this day and age. Now, for for what Bernie said, I was kind of confused on the context of when he said – was were they asking him about um, – like a quote from something he had said before. When when did he praise Castro for the literacy program? Oh, this was on a sixty well, the, minutes interview. That, yeah, yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, that was on very a, recent. And he said, he said, did he use it as like a, um, like was it just like, I mean, in what context did he say that? 
Uh, I will have to say that it actually doesn't matter. It does not matter what the context is. It, it's well, you know, I, didn't, I didn't know if yeah. it was like an example of like, hey, even the well, worst no, people, it, it, there's something, yeah, no, no, you know, no. Mussolini was, made it, the trains run on time. You know, right. I didn't know if he was saying something like that. Well, no. he basically sort of was to the degree of like, you know, taking out that no government is perfect in things and he was not a perfect, but look at some of the good things that they did, like with, with Medic, not Medicare, but, you know, health insurance for everyone and 100% literacy and things like that for the Cuban people. And it, the way he said it made it seem like, oh, you know, and then people were bringing up, oh, well, Hitler got the Autobahns and, you know, going in Germany. You know, mm-hmm. it's like comparing some of the good things that he was trying to, to say, but he just kept digging himself deeper was that no government's perfect in a sense and that some governments do provide really great things for their people and that was what he was saying but you know it doesn't balance out to what you know the regime has done um in general and i've been to cuba a couple of times now too so i i can you know i i see i i know what he was trying to say but it doesn't work you know it's like you can't you can't say oh yeah like the same thing with hitler you can't say well he did a great job with creating the autobahn and it's so of course there's never going to be perfect government or perfect things but when you see that you have a murderous and a, a government that squashes human rights and things like that. And you can't really then, on the other hand, be like, well, they have 100% literacy and look, they have free health insurance, but yet none of the doctors are able to really stay there or they have to have three jobs. Just also, to the literacy it. program was like an indoctrinating, like, it, well, it wasn't. Yeah, that, that's sort of the, of course, the part like, point. Yes. <laughs> the, that is uh, lost in a so lot of So you can this. read the grandma, La Granma every day, and yeah. it was the communist uh, paper that would basically spread the propaganda every day in Cuba. Uh, one of the things that uh, Elizabeth Warren said, there are a lot of things she said that uh, got some booze, but uh, one of the things that she said that uh, I found surprising, she seems to, I think she legitimately believes that this is a progressive country, and I think if this were a progressive country, uh, you know, and I, again, razor thin margins, all that, but I, I don't think you ever would have had uh, Donald Trump as president if this really was a progressive. I think it's it's a lot more centrist than the people on that stage want it to be. And I think that if the centrists were the strong, charismatic types on that stage, they probably would be in the lead. But it was all, you know, it just... You know, once Biden started debating, you saw his the the numbers were were slipping pretty fast. You know, sli- slipping like the uh, the dentures that he had in. You know, uh, I, I wish I'd had that first. Uh, I think we have a pretty. I think everybody's definition of what is progressive and what is centrist mm-hmm. is pretty skewed. It's all over the place right yeah. now. I mean, you could make the argument, somebody who claims to be centrist, you could make the argument that they probably are progressive, depending on what whatever their social, you know, maybe. Fiscally, they're a little bit more centrist, but, um, you know, like I believe like even even people consider themselves conservative Republicans usually like usually are now in favor of gay marriage and things like that that are like social issues. And um, I don't know. I saw that somewhere. Like, no, I mean, I think you, you'll you still have people that are, you know, just opposed because they strong. And then you have you have people who then, are in favor. And then you and, also have people that are just like, yeah, you know what? Then, Let other people do what they want. And to then do. you can make the argument that the people who are called progressive and far left, like in in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that far left. I don't know. I just feel like the perception of what is left, right, and center is no longer... Well, and it's just... It's, it's, it's just a label. It doesn't even... 
no, it's it, it's an true. accurate representation. It, it's shifted over time, and the label of like being a socialist is now this negative thing. And and uh, obviously, like we we're saying, that's going to be the easiest thing to uh, slap on Bernie because he calls himself that. And it has shifted over time too. So some people that might say, "Oh, I'm a progressive" or "I'm this," would be very different than what it was at you know 20 years ago um, when you start to see this kind of shift that's more extreme left and more extreme right and the people in the middle and i think a lot of people feel that way they don't really have a home anymore because now the republicans have gone so far right and democrats in their opinion have gone so far left and what used to be in the middle ground where we talked about this before democrats and republicans were basically the same on on a lot of general issues in the past and that's why there was an, an ability to kind of work across the aisle and you see the way presidents were and speakers of the house and how they interacted but you could also see now, like, a lot of those presidents that were Republican would be Democrat today and vice versa. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gerald Ford and Richard Nixon would pretty much be Democrats in today's world because of the fact that, you know, they kind of were... The Rockefeller Republicans in the Northeast and everything were, were essentially very liberal Democrats today. So it's kind of fascinating to see how even just over time and people could still be in the same kind of thing, but now their party has left them because of... Their, they've kind of stayed the same, but everyone's kind of moved in, in more extreme directions. And that's what we're seeing with Bernie and Donald Trump being ahead in their parties. Is They're, they're, they're like fringe candidates in, in the past that are now becoming the mainstream candidates. So it's and, very interesting. And then even, I mean, how just the, the broad idea that mm-hmm. human right to affordable health care, that's extremely left. Like, really? I Come on. That's no, not I, a, I think it's uh, the, the notion, as we've talked about, so many times on this show it's uh you know how you think you're going to pay for it mm-hmm. and you know he he gets he gets pretty angry when you uh say that it's going to be whatever it is is it 30 trillion i don't even know it's it's over 10 years yeah. but yeah it's still a lot of money yeah that's, an, that's trillion, an obscene amount of money all the time yeah yeah so whatever it is and i think that you know people on that stage at least are like yeah yeah we think this is a good idea but uh i i i don't know i mean I mean, Bloomberg could pay for it. Bloomberg and Tom Steyer could pay for it, mm-hmm. I think. Actually, no, they couldn't mm-hmm. because they're billionaires and yeah, not trillionaires. trillionaires now. So they could get you started. They pay yeah. for a big chunk they, of it. They, That's they, right. they pay for a lot. Yeah. yeah. See if they can rope, um, what's his name, Gates into it. And 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 Bezos, mm-hmm. you know, or Bezos's wife, who has you know half of his money, yeah. but still got plenty. Yeah, Warren, that's right. they, get can, they can get anymore. it all together. Yeah, uh, a couple I, of those. But I do think it's interesting that, uh, and you know, we talked. I think we talked about this last week that it's uh, only Mayor Pete is the only person on that stage who is neither a millionaire nor a billionaire, but everyone on the stage. So, like, the the uh, the candidates of the people are all millionaires. And, that you know, it's like, ah, even Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, with, with the, you know, I mean, obviously, he's been at it a long time, so you hope he made some money. But <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, I think that uh, we talked a lot about this last week, so we don't need yeah. to circle back to it. But it's... Uh, it is interesting, and I think that it's uh, it's it's very difficult to see your middle of the road Americans thinking like, yeah, I, I think I have too much money. I I think I think I I want my small business to be taxed out of existence. I think I'm going to vote for Bernie Sanders, and it doesn't even matter if that's accurate information. It's just the feeling that people mm-hmm. get, and you the know, ones that are terrified of Bernie are thinking that they're the ones that are going to be responsible for supporting a lower class. I got into a Facebook argument with somebody after That's US, a huge mistake, after USC <laughs> after USC announced that uh, families making under $80,000 will have free tuition and uh, this person was arguing that oh so if you make you know $85,000 you're going to have to provide the tuition 
Like, yeah, I think that's if you have eighty five thousand dollars, I think you can. I mean, it's a pretty expensive school. My wife went there, but it's it it well whatever. We won't get into USC, no, know, but, but like still. they have a very they're notorious for their like wealthy uh, student body, and so I I don't think it's the person that's just over that eighty thousand yeah. dollar cusp that their tuition is going to go. I mean, their tuition may go up a couple thousand a year for sure, but right. it's not going to. Yeah. My point is the person that is, you know, upper middle class worried that they're the ones that it's going to be hard hit by Bernie. It's like, no, <coughs> don't blame the people that yeah. can't afford things. Blame the people that are multi-billionaires who are not paying their fair share. That's yeah. who you need to be yelling right. at. And that's, that's what we said last week. That's what I said last week anyway, is that uh, you should really tax Jeff Bezos at a very high rate, but he should still be allowed to be a billionaire. You know, I mean, Mike Bloomberg didn't inherit his money, you know, tax him. That's fine. You know, uh, that's not the problem. Uh, but that's not, I think, the way that people see it. I, before we run out of time, I did want to talk about one other thing that Elizabeth Warren mentioned, which was uh, how important it is to repeal the filibuster. And I, maybe I'm mistaken on this. I think that's a really bad idea. I think you should keep the filibuster. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have the filibuster, there were there were two abortion bills today, right? That was today in the Senate, or it was this week, yeah, this week that yeah. Yeah. I think without a filibuster, the Republicans would have been able to vote on them and then they probably could have gone to the Supreme Court. Now, maybe that I'm not seeing it uh, – I'm not seeing it the way she does. So two-part question for you, Scott. Why do you think Elizabeth Warren – and she's not the only one who said this. Why do you mm-hmm. think she wants to get rid of the filibuster and why do you agree or disagree? Well, I think it comes down to we've already seen an erosion of the Senate norms with Mitch McConnell. As we've talked about in the past, it did start with Harry Reid. Um, but then Mitch McConnell took it a whole other level, and that goes into you know the n- nuclear option when it came to judges, which is now why so many judges are getting approved because it's just a simple majority. And then they did it with the Supreme Court. So sure. You could, so I do dis- I, I I understand where she's coming from because to be able to move certain matters through um, that just will never get through because of um, of the filibuster. But I think it sets a dangerous precedent of things that have already we've already had the erosion, which goes back to Mitch McConnell. And I think if you get rid of that filibuster, you you get rid of any ability for the minor party to be able to have any say. They'll they'll at this point then be completely shut out of the conversation if that's the case. And I think that's that's one of the last vestiges that did have the Senate be that deliberative body that took it. Uh, to a different level than the house so i i understand where she's coming from but i just it just concerns me that once it's gone it's gone and then when the same thing happens because it's going to happen no matter what the democrats will have a majority again you know it cycles through it's just going to be a very dangerous precedent for future now when you have that um in general because that's the last kind of vestige to be able but i but it does take away from being able to move bills forward and it and it can be cumbersome and it is a little ridiculous you know like when you had ted cruz reading green eggs and ham you know it becomes a thing that's just a distraction and can be used improperly but i think if there could be some changes made to it that everyone could agree on on its purpose and how it's implemented and how it's done it's something that's worth saving because then you have nothing so uh before we run out of time i wanted to uh see what uh, each of you think uh about 
what might happen uh, this weekend in South Carolina. And by the way, the next time you see us, uh, unless something changes, it will be Tuesday night, I believe at 9 p.m. Pacific time. And yes, I know that's midnight Eastern. But we do need some super results from Mm -hmm. the Super Tuesday states. So we want to be able to comment on that. So uh, just sort of some general thoughts and feelings. You don't have to. If you want to pick a winner uh, and who will be doing well by the next time we have the show on Super Tuesday, that's fine. But just sort of general expectations uh, for South Carolina on Saturday and looking ahead towards Tuesday. Tamara, I'll ask you first. Oh, gosh. I was hoping you'd go with Scott first. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think uh, Bernie has been in leading, but I don't think he's going to win South Carolina. Who is in first for polling right it's now? It's still Biden, but mm-hmm. not by as much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, here's my hot take. Uh, Beto's getting back in. <laughs> and uh, he is going to take everything by storm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... I, I, look, I wouldn't be shocked if Biden didn't win South Carolina mm-hmm. at this point just because of, you know, I mean, he, the way he was flailing his arms on the stage is kind of the way his campaign's been going in 20, 2019 was great for his campaign. 2020 has not been kind to his campaign. Well, 2019 was good because he had less uh, debates yeah. and he could kind of just glide on being yeah. the... Although in 2019, runner. his teeth did almost fall out on national television. <laughs> so I guess it, it wasn't but perfect. He, but he was still holding those numbers because mm-hmm. nobody was really paying You're attention. You're the only one that that bothered. No, I love no, it. No, no, no. I, I think it doesn't it bother great, me at all. It's my favorite thing that's happened in the last few years. Nobody was really paying attention. It wasn't until the end of the year that people were starting to pay attention. So that's why he was yeah. just the presumptive front runner forever. Nothing was denting yeah. his lead. And then it started to be like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Um, I still think he's going to win on Saturday. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. But I think... Because of his history with South Carolina and the fact that he's been involved for so many years that he has a lot of loyal voters that are still going to vote for him and he's still going to eke out a win. Um, What I'll be more curious to see is who falls in second, third. You know, is it going to be Bernie? And then who's going to be third? Like, who's going to be down the line? And then from there on Super Tuesday, are we going to see some candidates now drop out that are just – not going to do yeah, well. I think if Bernie can pull out a second, that's a pretty good win for Bernie for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I oh, absolutely. From where, where he was yeah. uh, earlier. You know. Honestly, third's going to be okay. When if, mm-hmm. if he's any lower than that, then it's like, oh, okay. But then that'll depend. Like, you know, does does uh, Mayor Pete suddenly do well there? But you were saying that uh, it was Steyer who was pulling yes. very well. He was right below he, yeah, he he was like Bernie. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, yeah, so he's been spending a lot of money there. What if he spends a billion dollars because it's <laughs> it's Wednesday. He could spend another billion dollars between now and then. Like, what if he just literally buys votes? Like, you know, not everybody will do it, but you're just like, here, vote for me, vote for yeah. me, vote for me. You know, I mean, give, give some of those, uh, those Yang thousand dollars away. Uh, yeah, I think that Biden will have a good day on Saturday day uh but i don't think he's gonna have a good day on tuesday i don't either i think that you know he might do okay like he'll he'll get people to vote for him but uh, i i think that uh, i can't imagine anybody other than bernie having a good day on on tuesday yeah and then my other thing i'll be curious is how well does he do especially out here in california on tuesday and that's what i'm gonna be watching for is he gonna be able to get enough of a threshold to keep a lot of the candidates below 15 percent? because if he does that then he gets a good haul of delegates yeah. But if you can get some other candidates that can squeak in with that 15% threshold, then they can take quite a bit of the delegates. Yeah. So that's what I'm really going to watch for because it seems like he's steadily in the lead here in California. But how strong is that turnout going to be and how much is he going to win by it? And how are the other candidates going to be kept down um, as far as that? Because that, once he gets those delegates, that will really give yeah. him a good, solid lead. 
Well, when you're looking at the California results and you see one write-in vote for Bill de Blasio, just know that was me. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to see uh, as uh, you know. It'll be interesting to see Saturday, but what'll really be interesting is when we're back to talk uh, on yeah, Super Tuesday because that's like nationwide. So that'll yeah. be a really like nationwide primary to really see where the country is at yeah. across and- coast to coast. And then you can basically take a nap till the conventions. No, you have to stay with us. Uh, but uh, so we will be back uh, Tuesday night. But until then, mm-hmm. Sky Moore, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter, having uh, Twitter fights at Sman80. And Tamara Brown, where do people find you? I guess Twitter, hey Tamara underscore. Yeah, I guess so. Why yeah. not? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And if you want to see me talking about things that really matter, make sure to tune in to AfterBuzz TV tomorrow night at 9 Pacific for the Star Trek Picard After Show. That's all the time we have right now, but we will see you Tuesday night. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 